week's episode of Let's Speak About It. Today we're going to be doing things a little bit different. So today it's just going to be me. And that is because this episode is a get to know me episode and mostly about my experience in the U.S. So a little bit of background about me is that I went to culinary school um, in Randburg. So that's um, a place in Johannesburg. I went there for two years because um, I always wanted to be a chef. I actually, okay, that's a lie. <laughs> I wanted to be a chef since 12th grade. I had no idea what I was going to do with myself after high school until the 12th grade. I didn't even take um, consumers as a subject, which um, teaches you about cooking as well. So I didn't even take that subject. But I was like, I have a passion for cooking. I love baking. Let me just go to culinary school. So I went there for two years and the course was pretty pretty nice. I liked it because they incorporated um, studying at school with having practical hands-on internships if you can call it that for a few months at a time so during the year first few months we'd be at school we'd be learning as well as doing practical exams and then we would be doing um some practicals which meant going into hotels and restaurants and actually training under professionals so I liked that idea because while you're still in school and studying and trying to figure out whether you want to do this for the rest of your life, you not only can sit in class, but you can actually go to the actual restaurant and go to the actual hotel and see what it would be like working there daily um, in the different sections and what it meant because it really just wasn't about food at all. I think mostly for me, it was it was more about interpersonal communication and relationships and just working as a team and working with other people um it was it was a a huge light bulb moment that most of it was working with other people to ensure that um everything runs smoothly just to ensure the best service the best food um and all of that so I I've always been sort of like an introvert, if I can say, or I'm really, I'm really shy at first when I am in any environment or when I meet anybody um, or any group of people, I'm just very, very quiet, very shy. So that was um, nice for me because I had to get out of my shell. I had to communicate with different people to make sure that um, I would produce the best service possible and the best food possible. So that was that was nice for me. I liked um, working in the hotels and restaurants. It was a big shock, I would say, in terms of like the hours, because, oh, my goodness, I had to. There was a point in time where I had to wake up at 3, 3 a.m. I had to wake up at 3 a.m. to leave the house at 4 a.m. to be at the hotel at 5 a.m. to start at 5 or half past 5 um, because I'd be doing the morning shift. That was crazy for me because I was like, why am I even awake? Like, why am I even up? Um, But it was it was fun, but it was definitely, definitely trying. And um, I learned a lot. I had the exposure of working in a high volume places, um, working in five star places and just 
actually getting to experience all those different restaurants and hotels and meeting so many so many people as well along the way so i was about to graduate culinary school and i did not know <laughs> again until the last minute i had no idea where i wanted to work um if i wanted to work in south africa in the same city or to to work somewhere far away i i didn't know i really didn't know i was just like i'll see i'll see and it was the last three months of culinary school when there were um there was a placement group that came to the school and was like oh hey we have this opportunity um if you guys want to work overseas in the usa and i was just like oh so they they gave it to a certain amount of people that were actually qualified to go and represent not only the school i guess south africa as a whole uh in in the u.s so th that opportunity was for a select group of students so i honestly thought that it was just gonna be like the smart kids all the a plus people the people that did really well with theory and the people that did really well in their practicals as well I wouldn't say I was the best. I would not even say I was the best or like, maybe not even top 10. Maybe I was 11th, but I just didn't feel like I would be chosen. So when they did say my name as one of the people on the list, I was really surprised. And I actually went to go ask my lecturer. I was like, um, chef, why? <laughs> Like, I'm not even the best, like, on paper and stuff like that. They were like, well, we had nothing but really positive experiences um, and positive reviews from everywhere that you went to do your internships. I, I did in four different places um, while studying for two years there. And they were just saying that, oh, people were just raving about you and it was nothing but positiveness. And I was really surprised because <laughs> at one point I cried um, during my internship. So this was like the first few restaurants, the first few hotels that I was um, working at ever. And uh, I used to cry like in the walk-in fridge. I think a lot of us did. I'm not the only one. I know for a fact I'm not the only one who did that because it was just very overwhelming. I felt super overwhelmed, you know, coming just fresh out of school, not being experienced um, at all. I just felt like it was being, I was being thrown into the deep end and just like expected to swim. And it took a lot of personal growth and like personal motivation to get myself to the point that I am today or that I became eventually. So um, thanks to all of the people's reviews that I worked with, uh, all of my seniors. Um, yeah, I wasn't I wasn't completely bad with theory. <laughs> I was I was I was pretty fine. I was good. I was good. I knew my stuff, basically. So um, up to that point, it was never even an option for me. So I'm so glad that I had that exposure that, wow, I can actually go to the United States. So I brought the idea to my family and they were like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, you should go. And I never expected myself to go. I was, I never felt like I was the type of person to branch out, to leave the nest, to give you an idea, I'm the type of person that will just like freak out and have like so much anxiety if I'm in the store with like my mom and my dad or back then. 
And if one of them like leaves, it just leaves me there by the cashier and it's almost my turn and they're not there. And I'm just like, oh my God. And you know, I always wanted my, my dad to come with me to the bank. He should come with me to go find out something or whatever. I just always really relied on my parents and just always wanted them to help me with everything. So going to America was a surprise on their behalf, but... I really, I really wanted to do it because I was just like, why the heck not? You know, I was chosen. So let me, let me try and see what happens. So I was accepted to work at a restaurant in Washington, D.C., Fiola Mare, shout out. <laughs> and um, going there, the expectations that I had, I think I was just blank. I was, how old was I? I was 19 years old. I was completely blank when it came to expectations the only thing I knew about America was what I saw on TV. And I mean, in terms of like the black culture, I was like, oh my gosh, everywhere is like a hood. And uh, is it safe? And I, I was, I was, I was kind of scared, but kind of excited at the same time. But I, to be honest, I was completely blank. I had zero, zero expectation. I didn't know what it would be like. Up until that point, I never even left south africa to go anywhere else i never traveled outside of south africa so to go kind of halfway across the world was a big big deal and a big step um it was about 21 or 22 hours something like that it was terrible it was so bad i i don't i don't i don't want to say i'm claustrophobic but i just don't like sitting in one place for a long time i guess that helps because i'm a chef and like i'm up and down all the time but sitting in that plane was torture for me and the it was two planes as well so the second plane came went from dubai to america and that one was awful because there was a child that was screaming all hours of the day all hours of the night i hardly even slept but uh, a positive thing that came from that plane ride is that I met one of my friends that I went to culinary school with it was crazy because he was just walking up and down the aisles because they tell you to do that to stretch your legs out so I saw him and I was like oh my goodness like why didn't you tell me that you were going to America and he was like why didn't you tell me I was like I don't know but um we found out that we were both going to Washington DC and I feel so grateful and so blessed. I feel like the universe knew that, like, maybe let's, you know, give her a friend. Like, <laughs> I don't know if I could have done it by myself. Maybe. I probably could have. But I'm really, really glad that um, he was there because we got to both experience it for the first time. It was both, um, it was new for both of us. So I didn't feel completely alone. And um, when we arrived, I think it was like August, September or even October, it was so cold. It was freezing cold and I just wanted to go back home. I was like, mm, this is the kind of cold that I've never felt before in my life. Um, and um, yeah, so we were both staying in Washington, D.C., but we had both gotten accommodation in different places because we didn't know that we were both going. So I ended up in a hostel, right? So <laughs> it is a, a hostel for international. Uh, people but not really because they just 
They just wanted people that were not from Washington, D.C. to stay there. So I thought it, it, they meant internationals and non-Americans, but no, they actually meant non-Washington, uh, D.C. natives. So it was people from like Texas, California, and all those other places. Um, and that was really interesting because I got to meet a lot of interesting people that would come and go. I think I stayed there for about a month before I saved up for my own place. Um, but yeah, it, it was a, it was a bit of a, a culture shock. Um, and this was one of the questions that I was uh, asked when I put this poll up on my story is, um, was there a big culture shock when I, when I got there? And yes, yes, there was. Yes, completely. Um, people that were there in America, I felt were so experienced expressive and so easy to speak to let me say washington dc i'm not going to speak for the entire um country but in washington dc it was people were very friendly people were very friendly people just come up to you and like compliment you a lot i got a lot of compliments which i wasn't like really used to here in south africa for real for real um guys and girls it was was also very i don't know it just felt really good it felt really good to be to be there people were very very nice people were very friendly um like sir in terms of like service people waiters um people that worked for the for the train station the bus drivers they're all so nice people in retail they're always like so happy (laughs) that you're there and i to me that was so cool that was really cool i loved it i loved it so um yeah i stayed in the hostel and i actually uh i feel like that was a bit of like an american movie a typical american movie because um you couldn't you couldn't really leave like your bags unattended or like your stuff out in the open so in this hostel i think there was about one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight beds. So uh, four bunk beds. And there was eight girls all there one time. And yeah, I don't know. I think I put my money in my, in my, what you call this, my pillow. And somebody stole it. And I think it was the, it was the stripper. So I was actually bunking with the stripper. I slept on the top bunk. I was there first. I slept on the top bunk and then she came. She was from Texas. And she came underneath. So I'm, okay, I'm not saying it because she's a stripper. I'm saying it because of like how she was. Oh, I know what I'm saying. I'm saying it because I just felt like she was the most likely suspect because we went to um, CVS, which is like, um, how was it like? It's like a pharmacy and like a, a shop. I don't know how to, a convenience store. Yeah, with like a little pharmacy in the dispensary as well. So we went there and then um, she was like, I need new glasses. We were friends, actually. We were friends. She used to bring me like chicken wings and stuff like that from the club. But she was really nice. Like she was a very nice lady. And the one night she was like, oh, come with me to the store. I'm going to get some glasses. I was like, okay, cool. Some reading glasses. So we went to the store and then um, she took off her reading glasses and then she tried on these this new pair. I was like, oh, okay, cool, whatever. And then, I don't know, I looked away. And then when I looked back at her, she had put her glasses there on the shelf. And I was like, oh my goodness, like, what is she doing? And then she put on those new ones. She tore the paper or whatever and she put the new ones on and then just like walked out. And I was so 
terrified, you guys. I was so scared. I had been in America for less than six months and I was terrified that I was going to be arrested for, what do you call that, association or accessory? I don't know. But I was with somebody who was stealing glasses and I was like, oh my goodness. But even as a thing, I'm a person who like follows the rules. What I don't even care. Like whatever rule it is, I, I'm a follower. I'm a stickler for the rules. So I was, that was such a shock to me. I, it was like a month in and I was, I was really freaked out and panicked. But she didn't get caught. I actually never went back in there because I was so scared that maybe they had my face on there and I would get into trouble. I was like, oh my God, I'm going to be sent back to South Africa for some reading classes. And it wasn't even me that took them. But um, yeah, that was the hostel. It was really interesting. I met a whole bunch of other people from different parts of the world. To me, that was like the best place that I could have met people from all over. And, you know, everybody was just, friends with everybody everybody spoke with everybody because we're all not from washington dc whether you're from a neighboring state could have been completely different but you're not from washington dc so i really learned a lot um speaking with people there and i was also able to get out of my shell a little bit because a lot of people would talk to me you know a lot of people would approach me and talk to me so that was cool overall um the life work balance in my first six months to a year, I would say it was poor. I'm not even going to be like, try sugarcoat it. It was poor. I think it was because mostly I, I didn't have any friends. I didn't know anybody. I literally went to work and then I came back and it was like, so September or October, somewhere like that, going to January, it was very cold and very snowing and people hardly went out anyway. So I just went straight to work in the snow and the cold went straight back. Um, and I know you're like, oh, you didn't know anybody. There's people at your job. Well, it was it was a little bit hard because they were all American. And then if they weren't American, they were Hispanic or Latino. So they came from uh, South America. And another culture shock was the fact that most of them didn't speak English or, um, yeah, they would, they would speak Spanish. So everybody else, all the English speakers would learn Spanish. Cause as an American, I think you do learn Spanish in school anyway. So, um, they could say a few sentences here and there. So I actually learned how to speak Spanish to better communicate with the people that were there. So that was another culture shock. Cause when I was going to America, when I was filling out all the forms and stuff, they were like, Oh, can you speak English really well? Cause you're going to need English. And then I got there and I didn't even use my English. <laughs> mostly, mostly I used Spanish, um, to communicate with my team, with my teammate. But I was, I, I was pretty happy about that. Cause I got to learn a language, which was pretty cool. Um, and practice that as well. So, yeah, that was my first year. The second year um, was better. Um, I had moved, I had gotten into a serious relationship and I moved in with him. And it was, I just felt like it was just like, it was cute. It was sweet. It was like summer. We're going to the pool together, eat ice cream. It was just really, really pleasant for me. Um, it became much better because of that. Um, and then in my third year um, was bittersweet. But my, oh, my first year actually was made bearable by the other South Africans that I met when I got there. So it wasn't just um, my friend from culinary school that I had met on the flight. 
But there was actually like a very big network of South African people that were staying in Washington, D.C. And luckily I got to go out and meet with a lot of them. And we're just so happy to see each other, um, be with each other as well. And um, in my third year in America, I was... Um, I had the opportunity to have a South African roommate, which was awesome. She's so amazing. Zake, I love you. <laughs> it was really nice to have, like, um, a, just South African, like, presence. Like, if we're tired of speaking English all day, we could just go home and speak whatever we would like to talk about things that were going on back home. And luckily, I didn't feel as um, homesick because of her and a lot of other South Africans that I had met in America. Like, funny enough, because people would be like, oh... I'll be like, oh, yeah, she's South African as well. I'll be like, oh, did you, like, know her before you came in? I was like, no, I actually met her in America. Like, how crazy. And, you know, we ended up being really, really good friends. She's a cool girl. And then the third year of America was bittersweet. So I'll start with the bitter because it's simple. COVID. <laughs> That's when COVID hit. The third year, third year of March. I, don't, I forgot which year it is. But the third year, my third year of America was um, COVID's first year. In the world, and that was March. And I didn't really think much of it uh, when it first came out in March. Had no idea, I think, like a lot of people, how much it would affect um, my life in America. So um, by that time, I had worked in about four different restaurants. I was working two jobs at the time, two different restaurants. Um, so COVID really hit me because both restaurants shut down um yeah so for a long time we were just chilling it wasn't cool because we were not getting any money um <laughs> but yeah so the that's the bitter part the sweet part would definitely be experience of working with different people it was it was it was amazing it was so nice getting like different people in terms of worldwide i'm not just talking america that's i think that's the nice thing about also working in hospitality is you meet people from all around the world and you know they tell you stories about their country they show you pictures and it just expands like your world map of course like we all know what the map looks like in the earth we all know what it looks like but to get to know it from a personal standpoint, from somebody who personally has been there and personally grew up there and has all these beautiful, authentic stories. It just, it made my heart, it made my heart fall. <laughs> I really took in all of that. I absorbed all of that. Um, but I had the opportunity to meet a lot of like Uber drivers as well were not from America or even if they were, they went from DC and they would just tell me stories about where they came from. I can't even remember one or like a few to share with you guys. Cause it was, it was just so many. It was a lot. It was a lot. And, um, a, a very big standout moment for me with, um, in terms of the culture shock and the culture was, so I took um the metro. So the metro is the train, the underground train. That's there. Well, underground sometimes it's not underground. But you get what I mean. Um, That's the train system. And I was working late and I finished at 11. I think at like half past 11, I took the train. I was like the only person in the station, me and the station manager. But then there was this guy that was like following me. And he looked very, very dodgy. And I was like... 
I was kind of freaked out because I would move on one side of the platform and then he would move on that side. And it's a different train. I'm not even taking that train. Then I'd go to the other side of the train that I am taking and he would go on that side too. So I was like, ah, no, 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 no. I'm not doing this. So I went to the station manager and I was like, hey, like, I don't feel safe. Like, this guy keeps following me and I really don't feel safe. And he was like, okay, who is it? Okay, it wasn't just the two of us in the train station. <laughs> there was a few people, but I had to point him out on, the, on his uh, surveillance camera. And he was like, okay, I'll wait with you um, for you to get into the train. And then when you get to your stop, what was it called again? Oh, my God, I forgot. I forgot what my stop was. But he said when you get to the stop, um, the train manager will be waiting for you there. Then I was like, okay, cool, cool, cool. So he waited with me. Uh, he made sure that we weren't in the same cart. Um, he like we were a few carts apart and then I got to my stop maybe around midnight and the train manager was there and he waited he was there standing there waiting for me exactly where my cart was because he told him I was like the third cart from the back or whatever and then he was wait he waited for me he's like oh hey are you the girl from whatever whatever station and I was like yeah 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 he's like okay do you see him like do you see the guy that was following you that wasn't making you feel comfortable and I actually didn't, like, I didn't know where he was. So I was like, no, he's not here. And they were like, oh, would you like an escort to, like, go home? Because we can um, get one of the vans for you and drop you off at your house. Because if not, I, I had to wait for the bus. And I was like, I don't know, I should have taken that ride. But I was like, no, it's fine. It's fine. I don't see him anymore. Um, I'll just take the bus. So I took the bus at midnight. And, yeah, that's another culture shock. It's super, super safe. Okay, I guess besides that creepy guy that was following me. But overall, um, it was very safe. Like, they ensure your safety. They make sure that you feel comfortable, that you feel safe. Um, for the most part, that was literally the only time I ever felt unsafe on, on the train or public transport in my three years of being there. So that that says a lot. That says a lot um, about their safety culture and just making sure that people, you know, are fine. Um, another... Oh, because I was saying bittersweet about my third and last year. Another one that, another sweet part is that I got to meet my best friend Jazz um, in the, my third year. And we were really inseparable, man. She's my soulmate. She's from uh, South Carolina. <laughs> she would kill me if I said she's from North Carolina. Because I actually was like confused at the first, at first. I was like, what's the difference? And she was like, it's a big difference. I'm like, all right, all right cool. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to answer some of the questions that were sent in. So the first one is, do you miss it? So I would say, I'm going to be really cliche and say both yes and no. Um, I miss it in terms of, so for the most, okay, for the first year I was working for minimum wage. And I missed being able to afford like anything mostly like I was surprised that I could actually live a full life and still um have money left over to buy whatever I wanted to buy I was like surprised but yeah it, it was it was good for me a lot of um people that live there didn't think so but <laughs> I was I was fine with it like you could afford to even travel I traveled to um Philadelphia um, New York as well, you know, being able to save up money for vacation, you know, like it's nothing, well, not really nothing, maybe like three months worth of saving. Um, I know my one friend, she went to Disney, Disney World on minimum wage. Um, so yeah, she, she, it was, it was pretty good. Like they, they treated us good. They could have treated us better. 
Um, what I don't miss for real is missing my family and just like the South African atmosphere. But if I did miss it a lot, I literally would just go to Nando's. <laughs> I'd go to Nando's because they'd always, well, mostly be playing um, South African music or old South African music. And I'd be there like singing to Brenda Fassi like word for word. And I'd be singing like relatively loud so that people would know that like I know the lyrics to this song and this is my country and I love it here. Um, so yeah, I really enjoyed that. Um, going to Nando's. That was that was fun. That was fun. Um, so yeah, I did answer the culture shock question as much as I could. For me, the biggest difference was people that worked in service in the service industry and just very, very open and willing to help, super friendly. Um, and yeah, I know it was like it's their job. But it's people's job here too. It's not as great. It's not as great. The customer satisfaction. Oh, my bad. The customer satisfaction. Yeah, I don't think it's as high for me as it was in America. It was just like chef's kiss, ten out of ten, most of the time. Um, and then. Three things. Okay, if I could, t if I could bring three things back to South Africa, what would they be and why? Okay, so my first one <laughs> is about. Okay, it's cliche if you're from America and you know of the restaurant, but Chick Fil A. Chick Fil A is like a chicken-based restaurant. It is so good. Like I've definitely converted. Because when I got there, um, somebody I was working with, he was actually doing an internship as well. He was from New York. And he was doing a chef internship. And he was like, oh, have you had, have you had um, Chick-fil-A? And then I was like, no. He was like, you've never had Chick-fil-A? And I was like, no. He's like, wait, you've never had Chick-fil-A? I'm like, okay, just because you keep repeating the question, I'm not going to magically say, oh, yeah, 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 I've been to Chick-fil-A. I don't know what a Chick-fil-A is, who a Chick-fil-A was, what a Chick-fil-A be. But let me tell you, when I had a bite of that, heaven, heaven, this is an unpaid <laughs> ad. I'm not being sponsored. I'm not being paid for this. It was just really that great. And I I wish I could have brought that back. And somebody was like, oh, you could. You could open it up one. I was like, okay, you know what? I'll look into it. I will definitely look into it because I, I miss it so much. It was so good. It was really, really good. Okay, the second thing that I would bring back is, like, the public transportation system for me was amazing and another culture shock because um, to go to culinary school, I would take the bus, like, from my house. And sometimes it wouldn't even come or it would be 20 minutes late. And sometimes it would come and just pass, like, my stop. And I'm standing right there. He saw me. The driver saw me. Like, you don't really know what's going on when it comes to public transport um, in terms of, like, the buses and stuff in South Africa. So when I got there and they had, like, these um, screens and it would say, okay, this bus is coming in six minutes. And best believe, by the sixth minute you've been waiting there, the bus is there. Oh, my God. I felt like I was being spoiled. I felt like I was in heaven. Because, I mean, think about it. Two years of being somewhere where the buses are unreliable and then you're going to a place where, where they tell you by the minute like down to the minute 
you are made aware of what time they're coming. I'm sorry, I, I keep fangirling over it. <laughs> and I will preach because I really, really love that. It made my life so much easier. Um, so, so convenient. And yeah, I was hardly ever late to anywhere because of that. So shout out the metro system. Okay, and then the third one that I would bring back, the third thing, I guess, is people's fearless pursuit of their dreams. And I think, yeah, I'll bring that back for myself and like telling anybody that I meet about my experience there. Um, I met a lot of people that just do what they want to do and not just because they have to get a job and they just have to do this and they just have to do that. They really have a dream of like opening up a, a cooking school or they have um, cooking lessons because they love to. They sew clothes because they're super into like um, creativity and all of that or making like homemade juices or catering, like just being independent and literally following your dreams, whatever makes you happy, doing whatever makes you happy. I found a lot more of that than um, people that were just doing things or just going through the motions of going to school, get a job, retire and stuff like that. A lot of people were into traveling. A lot of people were into exploring. So yeah, that, well, that would definitely be my third thing. And I definitely did bring it back because I was always like, I want to make a podcast, like I want to talk, I want to talk about stuff that um, is important to me. And yeah, I, I did it. So I'm so grateful for the opportunity to have went and learned so much. Like when I tell you growing pains from 19 to 22, <laughs> from 19 to 22, um, it was, it's that stage of coming out of being a teenager to being a young adult by yourself. Mommy and daddy is not going to hold your hand. You have to go now and do everything by yourself. Um, so I am so grateful. It really was like being thrown in the deep end. But this time I jumped. I myself jumped into the deep end and I floated. I made it. I... I conquered. I really, I really did achieve so much that I wanted to. And I'm nothing but grateful and thankful and appreciate every single soul that I met um, over there. And I, I really feel like going there has made me who I am today. And it's just filled me with so much wisdom um, that people have passed on to me. And I take everything seriously. I take everything to heart, everybody that, um, that I was able to cross paths with Ooh, cross paths with oh my god cross paths with hmm yeah so um thank you so much for listening to this week's episode um as stated in the previous episode i do have a instagram and it's at Ronde underscore eyes. That's at R O N D E underscore E Y E S. If you'd like to give me any feedback about the podcast or um, this episode, anything at all, I'm working on getting a let's speak about it podcast with with um, the what do you call this with the 
what is it? The expansion. Yes, that's the word. With the expansion of the podcast and reaching so many more people each week, I'm thinking that, okay, this is going to be something that I'll have to do. Because I'd really love to um, create a community where we can just communicate, <laughs> talk, give each other advice. I'll give advice. And we just literally communicate, get anything off your chest. I want it to be a safe space for everybody um, that does listen and um yeah so that you can get to know me see see the person behind the podcast um behind this lovely podcast and uh thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of let's speak about it please catch me and mamani so mamani is um mamani means aunt in Zisutu, which is a language in south africa and basically it just means your auntie but um, so yeah, like your mom's younger sister or your dad's younger sister. So it just means she's younger than my mom. So that's why I call her Mamani. If she was older, I would call her Mamkuni. So I don't call her auntie, I call her Mamani. And she will be here next week on Let's Speak About It. See you guys. Bye. Nice to meet ya. Boss Keeper. Got up on my side. Deeper. Hopping on the flight. See ya. Nice to meet ya. The nicest time with a vegan I met her in Victoria in secret She let me in a Victoria's secrets Brand new Chanel Said she got a man, I told her keep him as well She tells tales, yeah. even her girls yeah. Think it's odd, she don't leave as well yeah. Alphabet love, know who we are Kiss you from your feet, then I move up above In the suite, now you can't move along Kisses make you weak, but I'm here to make you stronger Nice to meet you 